3: And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss.
4: Sorry about the noise. My neighbor's sanding his deck. My motto... Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low
3: maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.
0: Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi-finals. all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. 't is he for breakfast? It's been a freaky old Friday here on the 8th of October. Plenty going on. Izzy Scott, the, oh, he got us going, didn't he, with his conversation around Silver Lake. With the current setting of the NPC competition and Auckland teams not coming out, the financial ramifications, well, they are huge, and they could be dire. So that conversation around Silver Lake, and is that a more appetising option now? We had to have it, and um, it was great to hear from Dino and a couple more callers with their opinion on rugby at the grassroots level, because it all is implicated within this. We caught up with Mark Chikik talking Super Seth, a bit of shagging going on down in Matamana, and, of course, Joey Wheeler, Two, and talked Farrah Palma Cup with the final this weekend. Canterbury, the dynasty. Can they make it five on the trot? Baz and Izzy for breakfast. We'll catch you guys again on Monday. Kiwi, that's creating own wee legacy, actually. Cradden's
3: own wee legacy is a guy called Blair Baxter. Blair Baxter. When you think of rugby juggernauts in New Zealand, you can't go too far before you put Canterbury Farah Palmer Cup team on the list. This weekend, they are lining up for their fifth consecutive title in a rematch. Of last year's final against Waikato, Blair Baxter is the head coach for Canterbury FPC side, and he's with us now. Good morning, Blair.
5: Morning, Azzy. How's things?
3: Good, mate. Good, mate. How are you doing? How are you doing? it's been a, such a big week for women's rugby, mate. How's the week been?
5: Yeah, man, it's been an awesome week. we we' obviously prepping for this this uh, spectacle of rugby on Saturday with the, the final, but then the launch of the Super Series as well. So.
3: Been a big week for myself and the girls. And uh, so, how, obviously, they're now sort of Super Rugby old Picky uh, next year. But you know, you got a big final coming up this Saturday, and you're up against Waikato. And we know—I remember watching that game. It was an absolute humdinger. It was so good to watch. How's the week been? How's the preparations been, bud? Yeah,
5: the week's been really awesome. It's been fun. Uh, the girls are the girls are on. It's quite cool there. The less time we have together, the, the tighter they become. So training's been great. Mm. It's been heaps of energy. Um, yeah, I think they're really clear. They're, they're, um, they're in a really good space. I'm happy with it as we head into the final.
0: Hey Blair Louie here mate It's um Look it's no small feat What the, this side And what you guys Have been able to do With this programme I think we think Canterbury rugby juggernauts And you think the Crusaders But the consistency You guys have been able To kind of run Throughout the women's programme Where does that start?
5: Oh we're fortunate We've got a really uh, Good HV programme uh, And mean Murphy Leads it up And, and she does a great job getting them in the right condition to be able to play this, the brand of rugby we've got. And then, obviously, we have just some great characters and leaders, whether it be Black Ferns or loyal uh, Wahine, uh, the likes like yeah. Steve Fox and Rebecca Todd. Uh, just sort of drive those, those great standards, and everyone that comes into the programme knows what's expected and rises for the
3: occasion. Nice, mate, nice. Hey, um, Ken, Waikato's... Disrupted um, preparations, obviously. What's what's going on, and and Waikato they are able to get out. And, and has that distracted the mindset or the preparation for yourselves? And, and have you thought too much about that, or is it just focusing on what you guys are, are trying to do? You girls are trying to do on Saturday?
5: Not not too much, sir. There was some some conversation around um, COVID and making sure that it that they're ticking all the right boxes there. And we've had 100% faith that, that the New Zealand rugby and Waikato rugby uh, are doing that and. Confident that when we played like Saturday, we went not pitting well, just like our girls said. So we haven't spent a lot of time on that. We're just more focused on, nailing our stuff and having fun along the way.
3: Mate, what about the Super Rugby All Picky? Super Rugby old Picky, we have to touch on it. Like you, you've been given the opportunity to lead the South Island team. You, you've got some talent to be able to pick from. Have you? Have, are you happy with the talent? Obviously, in Canterbury there is huge amounts of talents, but then you have got Tasman, you got Southland, you got. Otago Targo, you got the whole South Island. Is, are we going to uncover some talent that we might not have seen yet?
5: Yeah, what a, what a privilege to be able to lead this program. And you're, you're 100% right. There's, there's, I know the Canterbury group really well. I know there's some quality girls and also up-and-coming ones. And yeah. through this process, being able to watch a, a bit more of the Targo and Tasman in depth. So, yeah, there's definitely some exciting potential. Uh there's a few hanging around down in um, Otago. We were fortunate enough to play them a couple of weeks ago. And, and Tasman's just the new union that are forming, so there's going to be, over time, some good young girls coming out of here too.
0: Hey, Blair, what's your background as far as coaching? I know you've, worked, you've been involved with the Sydenham Club heavily and, and done some age-grade stuff, but when did you kind of come across the women's side of the game? And Can you talk about the development and the growth you've seen from your perspective?
5: Yeah, yeah. big shout-out to the bus driver, Sydenham. Down down here, uh, <laughs> yeah. So I come across to the women's game about three seasons ago, uh, after I'd finished with the Canterbury 19s. So had an really enjoyable time there. When we transitioned into the women's game, it was a lot like coaching those those young men that are aspiring to be professional athletes, wanting to learn and, and grow, and and the joy and the fun they have along the way is something that I, I really embrace and thrive on. So keeping it fun, keeping it real. Uh, the growth of rugby in the last oh, four or five years has been massive, and you just see it. Uh, we're lucky in our space set; um, the skill set just getting better, and with that, you have to start coaching better. Otherwise, they pass you, and then uh, you get tipped out. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Man, I want to ask you about about this this young girl, Georgia Miller. Georgia Miller, she plays loose forward. Mm-hmm. She's playing six seven. And I was watching yeah. her a couple of weeks ago as you play in Otago. I've been watching her closely. She is a phenomenal yeah. mate. Has she got a big future in the game?
5: Massive, yeah. Just a, just an a exceptional athlete. Like, really raw, talented. Um, just has a real drive to be the best best um, possible self. Um, yeah, has fun. And, and the thing I enjoy about her in our environment, she's still only 17, so she's still a young one and Oh, and brings that, no.
3: that
5: longevity to it so it's, it keeps yeah. fun, keeps the other you know, girls young as well and just her energy is contagious.
3: Yeah.
0: Hey, Balea, so you talk about having to kind of grow with these players and, and like the, the woman's side of the game is kind of developing so fast that you've got to keep up. From a coach's perspective, who do you kind of look towards and who have been some personal inspirations or people you've kind of stolen bits and bobs from?
5: Uh, there's plenty. I, I love learning so Fortunate enough in the building uh, that I work in, we've got uh, the Crusaders. We've so got Razor, who left a good ship in there, and, and the guys that he works alongside. Um, big fan of what Wayne Smith done the what does in the, or does, uh, in the uh, coaching realm. So I think just really fortunate to um, learn alongside those, and uh, you know, the corridor conversations with those professional coaches is invaluable. I'm just, I'm just grateful
3: for it. I'm in the same building at times. Nice. What about, what about Kendra, mate? What about Kendra? She's obviously in the Black set setup. Is she still keeping her, her nose in it? And she popping in, like sending wee messages during the week and having her little thing because she can't keep her, her mouth out of anything, really.
5: <laughs> 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 you know her so well. That, that's 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 us kids So yeah, she's up, she's up in Toowoomba uh, at the moment, but. Every uh, night after training, we get a little message on our on our group. Uh, How's training going, girls? Got a little good luck message uh, sent to the group last night from the six backburns that have been away. So he you know, nice. loves that she's been um, for the last month. And she knows she hasn't been involved. She's uh, I'm still on TA. Eh? I've got the kicking T, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, she, she still still wants to be involved. She just loves it. And to be fair, I think it's probably. The kicking teeth and uh, sitting up in the stands, uh, screaming and yelling.
0: Yeah, I can imagine yeah. that, Valia. So, you've, so just for context, you've had your Black Ferns uh, ladies have had have joined that that squad. So, how did you kind of develop growth or leadership within the the group, the tier under players, and was that a focus for you the last year mm. or so?
5: Yeah, two years ago when I was uh, appointed as myself from the coaching group, set out on that journey to grow depth and and give more girls more time. So, man, thank goodness we did that because it's put us in a really good space now. But with the returns of, like, Steph Fox from from having a uh, baby last year, she's, what, 106 games this week. So that that stuff is is massive for us. Um, We're really wrapped with how the girls have been given an opportunity in the last month with the Black Friends being away and how they've stepped up. And the, uh, The environment's changed. Just a small bit too, which is which is cool. that They've really owned, owned it and steered this campaign in their direction. So It's been
3: really cool to see. Nice, mate. Hey, just before we let you go, I just want to uh, touch on the women's game as, as, as a whole. Are you happy with, with what's been transpired over the last couple of years, where women's rugby is at at the moment? I think the women's game, the numbers that are playing the game at a younger age, are tracking in the right direction, the leaders within the Canary Women's side, you've got the Sevens side, the Black Ferns, the way that they've been able to lead our country and, you know, role models around the country. Are you happy with what's transpired from that, the Wharapalma, the far the Super Rugby old Picky.
5: Yeah, definitely. Like, it's been record growth. The, the cool thing now, and, and I've got a couple of daughters and one of them one is obsessed with rugby at the moment, um, is they've actually got role models to look up to. It's not the All Blacks sitting it's the Blackburns, and that's who they're aspiring to be. So there's been huge growth in, in that junior space, and, then they just watching, like, our Under 17 programme down here and below. There's some really talented girls coming through. So uh, it's a massive future. It, it just It's only going to get bigger, and, and obviously with Opiki and who knows what, what the next step is if, if they nail this and have a great brand of rugby, it could be Trans-Tasman, so... It's, it's
0: going to be epic. Yeah, I think you're bang on, Blair. I think like, the growth from here after Opeki, if we can get it right, might be exponential, right? Like, it might be, it might just go strength to strength. And I think with some of those corridor conversations you'll be having, I reckon your um, super rugby side or your super Opeki side is going to be very hard to beat, mate. I reckon you guys have got a great player pool and a good brains trust down there. So all the best for this weekend against Waikato. Um, all the best for next year as well. And we'll keep following along with your journey. Uh, awesome, man. I really appreciate your time. You uh, Thanks so much. No worries. Go well, brother. Go well. There you go. Blair Baxter, who's the head coach of the Canterbury Fada Palmer Cup team, um, and he's been named Super Rugby, well, the Super Rugby all head coach as well. Is he? And you can tell that he genuinely cares about the women's side of the game, can't you?
3: Oh, he does. He does. He's come a long way, mate. When I was in the environment, he was there just flying his trade and just sitting in the background learning. Went through the club rugby scene, um, Sydney uh, bus drivers, and then he's gone onto to a Farrah Palmer side, and he is creating his own dynasty, his own legacy within that squad. And mate, hey, they are they are unbelievable. I was lucky enough to be able to, um, unbelievable, <laughs> I was oh, <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> They're outstanding. They're outstanding. Um, I was lucky enough to be able to commentate them last year, and just seeing the skill sets. Not from just these sides, all the women's sides that are playing in the Farah Palmer Cup. It's 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 great to watch. It's great to watch, and um, it's going to be a cracking game this Saturday. Waikato, they're no slouches, and they are missing a few players with um, uh, Black Ferns, uh, you know, honors being in their squad, but um, they'll still come down here and put on a good show. So looking forward to that.
0: Yeah, well, so the the Canterbury team's missing six Waikato. They're missing nearly double digits as it is. It? It's like it is. I think it's. They've got a lot mm. a lot of their senior uh, ladies out. And so they actually had to leave for Christchurch a day earlier than scheduled for this Palmer Cup final because of the level three um, conditions that was being imposed on Cambridge and Hamilton from midnight last night. So they managed to get out yesterday evening. Which some epidemiologists are kind of looking at going, gee whiz, we might need to be protecting the South Island a bit here. But look, they're playing completely within the rules, getting out, getting themselves nice and organised, and just moving with a fluid situation. So, for a sporting perspective, I'm super glad that they could get down there. And what happens next with restrictions and what we'll see with case numbers today about what happens, it is a completely fluid situation. As every administrator across every sport will tell you, at the moment, Izzy, it's not the only domestic sport going on this week weekend. We've got a Ramfilly Shield Challenge. Uh, we've got Heartland Rugby. And, of course, we've got the situation where the Auckland teams won't be playing in the National Provincial Championship moving forward this season. They can't get out of Auckland. Their third chance at dispensation or an exemption was, or their third request was turned away from the government. And I know you've been thinking about this overnight, mate, and we're going to get into that a little bit after this. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. 0800 150 811 is the Kennards Hire phone line. Where are you at with women's rugby? Are you you so happy to see this uh, super rugby competition? Coming next year, and are you a fan of that Canterbury setup that Blair Baxter is driving? Give us a call, we'd love to hear from you. We're here with Chemist Warehouse, great savings every day.
3: Baz and Izzy are off to the races. Thanks to Waikato Stud, your source for a racehorse the alligator
4: alligator blood moves up and takes it then ground swell needs to find followed by conqueror super seth but alligator blood 100 meters to go races away three links in front super seth is flying alligator blood stopping super seth from the clouds it's close super seth has put in a mighty lunge photo super seth may have got alligator blooded
0: Oh, did he what? Quarter to eight, Baz and Izzy for breakfast. And Super Seth grew a pair of wings that day and flew to win the Caulfield, didn't he? Didn't he? about three years ago, you, you'd you know Super Seth from such uh, famous parts of the world of Waikato Stud, right, these days, as he is part of their stacked Stallion roster. Mark Chittick is the main man down there, that part of the world, in Matter Matter. Morning to you, Mark. G'day, uh, Louie, how
6: are you, and Izzy? Uh, far out, just listening to that. Just... Still puts women tingles down my spine. It, it was quite bloody
0: incredible, <laughs> really, wasn't it? Oh, it was, mate. That was out yeah. the gate the way he fought and flew that last hundred meters, and it, it was quite funny, isn't it? Because that a, a lip, a genuine lip on the post, pretty much changes this horse's complete career. Because then you've purchased him, and now he's a stallion, which I'm sure he had a great book this year.
6: Yeah, it certainly does change things, Louie, and uh, it certainly changed the, the price tag. You know, like. Um, Um, you know, before the post, he's probably a horse that's worth one or two million, um, on the, on the post, you know, we end up paying 15 million Australian for him. So it changes things, all right. Um, but they're the, he's, they're the sort of horses that we love, you know, they've got to, they've got to have a turn of foot and, um, they've got to be, they've got to contain speed, you know, because they've, they've got to be, they've got to have speed to be able to pass it on. Um. He had his first season at stud last year, he served an incredible book of mares, I, I, it was something like 30 or 40 sort of black type mares, um, um, and he served a full book of 100 and, 130 last year. We've got the foals on the ground now, and um, he's just really stamping them as good, strong animals, plenty of bone and very correct. And probably the highlight foaling of the week for us this week was a super filly out of out of the three times group one winning there, um, vale, you know, so that, that's a nice one to have on the ground and rep, but it's a filly. Nice,
0: mate,
3: nice. How's, how's it on the farm, Are You talking about animals, how's the farm going and busy time of the year for the industry?
6: Yeah, it absolutely is. Uh, um, you know, like it's, um, yeah, the farm's absolutely I mean, We've got it, we've got about 120, 120 odd foals on the ground. We had uh, five last oh. five nice healthy foals, um, Probably got about 100 to go. Um, um, it's been a good spring. It's a little bit wet today. Yeah. It's been a great spring. To, um, and so we've had a massive start to the season. Last week in particular, you know, we stand the six stallions. Last last week from Monday morning to Sunday night, we served 89 individual mares, which uh, last last year, the, our biggest week was 86. So, you know, so there was um, a lot of shagging going on last week there. But uh, <laughs> it, was,
0: uh, it
3: was all all good.
0: Yeah, all good. Yeah. Well, uh, like I, yeah. I wonder on um, Saturday night, I'm sure you would have enjoyed a couple of vinos or a couple of champagne flutes, Mark, because you, you've got the breeding operation, but you've also got a racing operation that's, well, I mean, how many horses do you know you, have you got racing in the Waikato Stud Silks at the moment? Because you picked up a Group 1 in Australia over the weekend with a filly, which is literally the name of the game for you guys, isn't it?
6: Hang on a minute, they'll just ask me offside. Michael, how many horses have we got on work? How many horses have we got on work? Oh, about 70 odd. It's quite frightening. Um, um, so, yeah, but no, look, last, last week was an Saturday was an, obviously an absolute highlight for us. Um, she's the first foal, never been tested, the first foal out of obviously a young mare. Uh, we raced here in Australia, she won three pretty minor races over there. And she's by Archie and his oldest are only, are, are only three. He won the All-Age Stakes amongst other races in, in Australia, but his oldest are, are three. And he's had a bunch of winners, in, in, mainly in Australia, um, you know, since August, the beginning of the season. And he's, he's, he's really got, you know, he's really got people talking. And, um, but, you know, we always want to get, the, you know, the first stakes winner on the board by a young stallion like that. Well, to get a Group 1 winner as his first stakes winner like that, um, and you know the time on a race and the and, and the fight stakes my yeah. And course, oh, my God. We've got a little we've got a little posse down here, you boys will have to come and have a coffee or a beer with us. We've got a new little cafe on the farm called the White Horse Inn. And um I can tell you the place oh, was man. just roaring from a from about six thirty PM or whatever time the race was, till I don't know what time in the morning. I, I think I did see that bloody <laughs> last penalty that um i <laughs> um, the All Blacks test but it was, it was one, one eye only half open I can tell
3: you <laughs> I was going to ask you that mate social media, it's a great thing it's a great tool, it can get you in a bit of trouble though, I follow you on Twitter and I saw you guys were celebrating handing trophies over left, right and centre on the Waikato Studs Twitter page mate, is that what it's all about mate, watching your horses go out there, and I'm absolutely gutted I never got I never been kissed couldn't believe it. I picked another horse that got pipped and uh, never been kissed, got yeah, over well, the top paying 40 bucks. Is that what it's about, eh?
6: Yeah, 40, yeah, 42 bucks, yeah. And look, at, at the, you know, this time of year, we, we are 24 seven. And, um, yeah. and uh, you know, that's one of the reasons for putting this cafe in here. It's right in the middle of the folding not you know, half, half of the breeding season sitting here having a toast in a cup of an hour, but they are all around us on Saturday night. You know, like everybody works bloody hard and uh, they're very, very passionate about, about our sport. Um, you know, and there's highs and lows. In, there's, there's highs and lows in this game, and, and that can that can happen within hours of each other. So, you know, you have really got to uh, enjoy um, that time, and we certainly did. But, you know, there's um, you know, these guys that are on the farm here, they've been involved with, let's say, you know, that stallion coming on the on the. On, well, they've actually been involved in in foaling and rearing her mother, and then obviously never been kissed. You know, they've been there at the breeding, they've been there at the foaling. They've, educated that filly and interestingly enough you know like we also sell a lot of horses as yearlings pre-racing pre pre, pre racing. and we found a video of this of this filly she was very very lame when she was about probably about nine or ten months old for two months and uh, we couldn't get to the bottom of it and she had this deep-seated um abscess with right within her foot and we found the video the farrier treading it the other day and resecting it right back and the pus wasn't oozing out of her foot it was pouring out of her foot so we were very, very lucky to save her with that infection and it's and it's definitely, it's caused some degeneration on the pedal bone, but, um, it certainly didn't slow her down on Saturday night. So, you know, you go through the highs and lows and, um, and, um, yeah, Saturday, honestly, it was just, it was just incredible. None of us could believe it. And, uh. I only got yeah. my voice back on about Wednesday, you know.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you'll, you'll be reloading again this weekend. We've got to go, Mark. We're short on time. But give us one that you guys either bred or you own this weekend to watch, either in New Zealand or Australia.
6: Oh, look, we've got four runners that we bred in the Anx Ducks, the group three, three of them that we own. So, Gox, and in a trifecta, All Saints' Evil, Eve, Hello Z Bargain and Amaralina. And, um, you know, let's try and get the three of them home first. Good to talk,
0: fellas. Yeah, great to chat, Mark. There you yeah, go, the Waikato Chitty. Stud, the Waikato Stud trifecta and the X Stud. That is great in the X Race Stakes race. That is great stuff from Mark Chittick down there at Waikato Stud. Your source for a racehorse, Waikato Stud, home to superb stallions Bill of course, Tavachi as well, Ocean Park, and many more. Go to WaikatoStud.co.nz and you can find out how much all of those stallions cost if you want to have a fast racehorse. Back talking provincial rugby again after this.
3: We've had a good show
0: so far. We had Blair Baxter.
3: He is the Canterbury Women's Palmer Cup side coach as Canterbury Far Up FPC side chase a fifth consecutive title. He is also the Super Rugby all picky O picky uh, coach Blair Baxter and he came on and gave us a great little insights to Kendra. Kendra, why is she such a pest actually? keeps pesting the side with text messages saying she's still the goal kicker, she'll be back very, very soon. No, you won't, Kendra, you're at the Black Ferns and you're not allowed to play. So that was a great chat from Blair Baxter. And then also had Mark Chittik on. Chitty gave us a trifecta, a box trifecta and one of the races. So if you've missed that, make sure you head over to the Bears and Izzy for Breakfast podcast on the SCNZ app and you'll get Chitty's Box trifecta. He has got a few, a uh, couple of horses in one race. Four horses, if I'm not, um, if I'm not wrong, there, Louie. Four horses in a race, and he reckons box trifecta, three of them. I'm in. I've taken it. Get you home. I've taken it. You've taken it. Okay. I'm already on. You've taken it, mate. You're on it. He's on it. So Louis's on it. So get on it. Head over to the um, Bears and Izzy podcast, and you'll get that little tip from Chitty there. Well, coming up, Ramphalus Shield Fever is only one sleep away. But before we get to, um. To Joey Wheeler, I forgot his name for a bit there. Before we get to Joey Wheeler, we got Kenny on the line from Canterbury and he gonna talk Silver Lake's deal. Good morning, Kenny. G'day, How are you? I'm good, mate. I'm good. How are you doing, bud? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Lovely morning down here. Yeah, there's a beautiful morning. Twenty three de- degrees down in the beautiful Christchurch. Hey, what do you got, mate? With Silver Lakes deal, what do you think? You think it's a good thing? Pass on that idea. I, I- I think it's a good
2: thing. And uh, I really no. actually kind of think New Zealand rugby's missed a bit of a trick because going back, we've seen population, well, not population, the crowd numbers really decline over the last, I'd say, five to ten years in New Zealand rugby. Yes. Major part of it's obviously been All Blacks not being available for NPC MPC or, or whatever the competition mm. locally may have been called in the past. But the Silver Lakes deal, is, they've kind of been backed into a corner with it because they've got no option now because they've done nothing for the last 10 years to attract crowds. Yeah. And, uh, you... I mean, I've always thought that since the game of Sevens has really risen and, and people have got into it and you get this really festival kind of atmosphere at the at the Sevens tournaments, that they should be playing something like a Sevens game of the two teams playing an NPC at the curtain Raider.
3: Mm. Yep. Yeah, I love that idea. And, and do, do you feel like with the Silver Lake's ex, uh, influence, you look at American sport, American sport, they put on an absolute show, an absolute clinic. Do you think they have a lot to offer to New Zealand sport with that opportunity of bringing, not, we don't want to bring the Americanized kind of uh, feel to, to New Zealand rugby, but there's a, there's a lot more positives to it th- than probably people think yet. Yeah?
2: Yeah, I agree. Like, I mean, you only got to look at the NBA. You've got the highest-paid sportsmen in the world playing in the NBA, then their baseball, mm. their ice hockey. Their, every sport over there has done really, really well. And albeit it's not to the liking of some Kiwis, and it's not really the Kiwi style to be all flashy like that. But, you know, when it's a professional game and you're needing to make money out of it, which they obviously are, otherwise they wouldn't even be looking at this deal. And, um, yeah, I just think it's a no-brainer. Mm. And... um With with my thoughts around having the Sevens games being a curtain raider Mm -hmm. to the NPC, with the Women's Super Rugby coming up, it's a fine opportunity to do that sort of thing there.
3: Yeah, yeah, I totally agree, mate. The Women's Game, the game of Sevens, it is an absolute clinic as a show. Our Women's Sevens particularly are leading the way on the world stage, so I totally agree with that, Uh, mate. Would you be comfortable with New Zealand selling 12.5% stakes knowing that we potentially will never get that back. Would you be comfortable with that?
2: I would, yeah, I would. Because um, I think if you look another 10 years into the future, if we don't have the same crowds coming to games and we don't have the same mm. player numbers coming through, well, the biggest problem is having retaining secondary school players into clubs. Then if we don't invest this kind of massive investment now, then it's probably going to be too late In five to 10 years the
3: game will be half dead. Yeah. Mm, yep. No, I I, I love What's what you are bringing to the. Yeah, it is said. It is it is said, uh, Kenny, and that's the thing at the moment with rugby in the state. It is losing numbers, losing uh, viewers, get, losing people from the uh, you know from from all walks of life. Guys, stepping away from watching rugby because it's just been the same old product the last couple of years. What are your thoughts on the Super Rugby old Picky? You happy with that transpiring, oh, giving the women an opportunity?
2: Yeah, yeah. Obviously, there's a lot of work that goes into it, but I think it's five years too late, Mm. you know. Um, At this point, we could have a a full-on with Canterbury, Otago, potentially even the Tasman in there. But, um, yeah, it's a great start, and I can't wait to actually watch some of the women's rugby, and hopefully we get a a divided-up South Island team, so Canterbury, Otago, and Tasman, as I say. But, um, yeah, looking forward to watching some of that.
3: Yeah, nice, Kenny. Nice, Kenny. Hey, we really appreciate your time, Kenny. Um, love your work, mate, and uh, thanks so much for the call. We appreciate it.
0: No worries. Cheers, Izzy. Thanks. Awesome. Love that, Izzy. Love that. Yeah, that was good, mate.
3: Good yeah. little insights from Kenny and, and just talking about the future and he's keen for Silver Lake Steel. The Silver Lake Steel, the way New Zealand rugby is trans, uh, transitioning at the moment, we've got Dean on the line too. We've got Dean on the line, have we? Good morning, Dean. Yeah, how are you? You good, Dean? Good, Dean? What's your thoughts, bud?
4: Well, I don't know, like, I'm buggered. if I know. I don't know whether I'm being arrogant, ignorant, or just completely wrecked that we've got something in New Zealand that's a wee gem that we can be really proud of. If you've got nothing else in your life, rugby's something to put a smile on your face. But I don't know why we've got to play super rugby and trans this and trans that. Like, when I was a kid... The old man used to take me down to Tweed Street in Invercargill and I'd watch Pirates battle it out with Marist and I'd see two old buggers on the sideline from each club with their rollo and cigarettes hanging out of their mouths, giving it to one another. And we'd watch <laughs> sit Pirates head in the Southland team, you know, Wayne Boynton for one, Reed Boynton, Trevor Thomas. We'd watch them play against the Marist buggers that were pretty good at 1.30. At yep. And then we'd stroll across the road to... Used to call it Rugby Park, now it's called Bridge Stadium or something, or the Roaring Pen, where we're going to give Manowatoo a tell, you know, but don't do Aaron Smith that. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we'd watch Stephen Bakiri plan for Blues against Brian McKechnie plan for Star. And New Zealand, the All Blacks are still bloody strong, so I don't know whether we need to get a Silver Lakes deal or we yeah. just get someone with a bit of NAUS to sell MPC New Zealand to mm. the world. Mm. Like, will watch it. It's the best rugby competition on the planet, but put the super players back in it. Go backwards yeah. a bit. Still pay them. Have some sort of super competition in Aotearoa. Just go to that. But give the yep. wee kids, like I'm going to go to Invercable this weekend and the old man doesn't know And pick him up and wee grandnephew, take him to watch Aaron Smith. Because when's he going to yeah. get a chance to? And if he comes up to Dunedin, like he's only just started playing that ripper stuff and don't stare me on that. Like I reckon that's a step in the wrong direction as well, but that's what we do now. <laughs> we go we fuck everything up. Make it soft as buggery. We're just advocating dislocated thumbs and not putting cheek to cheek. I don't think, I don't get it. Like good coaching, rugby was fine. But yeah it yeah,
3: is what it yeah. is I So you you're saying you're saying Dino we need to scrap super rugby and go back to what it was just provincial MPC when we saw Joali Venderi, Zinzan Brooke. Rob Brook, Brooke, the days, in the olden days, when the game was about the provinces and it was a big, big thing. So you're saying scrap Super Rugby and go back to the provinces.
4: Yeah, and sell that, sell that product to the world to watch because they'll want to watch it because it's bloody good. And it's always been good. And now it's a wee bit buttered down. And, like, to be honest, it's almost like First 15 Rugby. Like these kids get out of First 15 Rugby that are super coached. And that scares yeah. me a bit too, you know. Like they don't, You've got to let mm. kids express themselves a bit as opposed to, oh, we're supposed to do this here, we're supposed to do this there. And they tell them, play what's in front of them. They're too bloody scared to. Mm. So a, mm. a, no, a I love career, that. You know? like, it's a fine line. Like, I'm no expert, but I just love the game. I can't help that. I've never been to church. I'm yeah. so, oh, not <laughs> a Sunday. I'd rather drive Timbercargill and watch Aaron Smith, <laughs> get a toweling from <laughs> the stag. Marty Bank was oh bang. mate, you know you're, you're an
3: absolute champion, Dino. You're an absolute champion, mate. I love your call. I love your enthusiasm. You are strong to the point, and you have a great opinion, mate. I totally agree with this with the rugby at high school. These kids need to enjoy high school because there is plenty of time left for them to become pressure uh, professionals and the pro- pressures that come with being a professional. I totally agree, mate. Uh, provincial rugby is hugely important. Thank you so much for your call, Dino. I've got to let you go. But appreciate your support, mate.
4: Have a great weekend.
3: Well, someone that knows all about the roots of rugby is Joey Wheeler, and Joey would have been probably listening to that conversation. Joey, good morning. You are our McCafe Coffee Catch-Up. And, well, you don't mind a McCafe and a burger too, mate. Good morning.
1: Good <laughs> morning, Dagger, yeah. yeah. The McCafe uh, Coffee Catch-Up it sort of closed me back to uh, last year. And you and I were driving the country in a caravan and, our sort of breakfast <laughs> of champions consisted of either a pie, well a pie, a couple of pies and a, and a coffee at some stage and geez we were we were in some nick by the end of that two weeks but yeah to Dino's point um, yeah I I, I, um, I think he's he's not far off obviously mm. um, some frustration and some, some good passion, um, obviously some passionate callers of your show Dagger which is always good but it is, yeah. it is tough um, these days because um, as Super Rugby franchises they're all they're all looking younger and younger now to, to recruit um, straight out of school so yeah. there, there is um, the pathway seems to be pretty fast-tracked um, as opposed to probably in our day where um, we, we might have started uh, when we were 20, these kids are getting recruited um, as 18, 17 18 year olds uh, to Super Rugby mm. franchises and um, sometimes in many cases um, not getting the opportunity to make those mistakes and um, and their later teams and learn from them before they become fully fledged professionals. Um, How do you strike that balance? I don't know. It's becoming a young man's game and it's pretty hard to, to not, um, to not go down that route. But I think those guys have got to have the ability to learn, learn from those older athletes that are, that are in the NPC. That's what, um, that's where we learned our craft and, and, and loved it. Uh, And I, and I'm, if
3: they don't get that opportunity, it's it's sad for them. Yeah, I I love that point, Joey, and and I've been uh, voicing it a few times about these school kids. They're at school, they're getting plucked from school, so they're totally missing that opportunity to play in the provincial, they're becoming professionals before they've even lived, and I think it might be affecting the the provincial game as it is. Am I right, mate? Yeah, I, 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 I...
1: you you to know, like I think um the hard thing is that these kids now, um, especially out of some of these um high performing schools where they put a lot of resource um around these first teams, there's a lot of expectation yep. from those kids that this is the norm. So they go from um, let's say some of these top four sides and I I don't know, one eight competitions where they've got amazing resources. Like I've been around some of those schools and the resource and the facilities that some of these um, top 1A schools have got are better than um, the majority of Super Rugby Clubs in this country. So a bit of an eye-opening experience for these kids when they leave school and they go down to their local club where they've got nothing, right? You're just going down there for the Mm. love of the game. You're turning up Tuesday and Thursday nights and you're, you're slogging your ass off and you might get a feed in the club rooms afterwards. That's about it. But you go from having to wear all the kit, um, having trainers, having water boys, having physios to you'd be lucky if uh, club sides have got physios these days uh, at, at your yeah. Tuesday Thursday trainings. So um, you go from a really well resourced team to um, mm. that reality at uh, club rugby. Guys are like, "What? This is this is the norm, but it is the norm." Yeah. And they get so yeah. used to that yeah. uh, elevated environment that they forget what it's actually about. And they also have an expectation that they go from high school rugby to being starters in a premier team um, for, for mm-hmm. clubs, which, as we know, you need, a, you need to earn your earn your stripes um, dagger. So, yeah, it is, it is a tough one. And um, I mm-hmm. think that's sometimes also really hard on kids because then they get into the professional environment. They might start getting some success, but then they drop out of form they lose form and then they get dropped and they don't know how to handle it because they haven't had they haven't been given the tools um through either club rugby or npc rugby to be able to deal with those disappointments so Mm. um but they're not they're not well equipped enough to in their just in their general life to be able to handle those disappointments which are just every athlete goes through them so yeah i think they need to strike the balance uh, get the balance a little bit better. I think with this um, under 20s tournament that they're doing with the super franchises yep. um, that started last year, I think that's a step in the right direction to get a little bit more of that, um, of, a, of a pathway to break up that maybe between school and MPC rugby so that there is another mm. step so that they've got some understanding around the, uh, the demands of professional sports and the expectation because Sometimes you know it's everyone's dream to be a professional rugby player, but they don't understand the demands and the expectation, and then what comes on the other side of that as well—the disappointments. So um, you've got to equip these kids right so that they can handle all that.
3: Yeah, I love that, Joey. I love those little insights from you, mate. Hey, I want—we've we've talked about. I know you're very passionate. I've, I've had conversations with you before about the Silver Lakes deal, with the current state of provincial rugby. Does the Silver Lakes deal come back onto the cards with how teams are struggling? We, we, I, I know I brought you on to talk Ranfairly Shield. We'll get to that in a minute. Like <laughs> Silver Lakes, so, is it a is it a possibility to make a comeback now? Well, uh, yeah, you know,
1: I think it's always been in the in the pipeline, I believe, with with NZR. I'm, I'm still the, the detail of. Of it all is still mm. really, really foggy and and what that looks like. I'm still a big believer, and I, I, I never think you should, um, you know, sell the crown jewels. And I don't understand how they have the ability to do that. And I know it's, um, you know, they're just selling part of the commercial arm. I, I get it in the fact that Silver Lake, massive worldwide company, and they've got a lot of resource and and can hopefully open a, lot, a whole lot of uh, doors to grow the commercial revenue of the All Blacks as a brand around the world. My, my, mm. my worry is, like we're seen with other competitions that Silver Lake are involved in, is that they're going to basically try and take the All Blacks and plug them into either meaningless uh, games or another competition that rivals maybe like a, a Rugby World Cup or... Um, they watered down other competitions. That's my only worry. No. Uh, obviously, okay. now with with three MPC teams not being able to compete for the rest of the, uh, of, the of the competition, they're going to they're going to come up against some real financial struggles. Um, sponsorship wise, they're obviously not going to hit a lot of their um, their targets to to probably uh, maximize those sponsorship dollars. So. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. going to be a real tough road for those three Auckland sides that that aren't involved. So, I think it does um, start to become more and more important, and um, how that looks because obviously every provincial union gets a big fat check, but I just want to make sure that it gets spent in the right in the right places. I think the professional arm of yep. our game is in, is in a pretty good space. Um, mm-hmm. I think we're, we have an amazing ability to to retain a lot of our top talent. I think. Yep the danger with New Zealand rugby is actually that the talent just below our top All Black talent that is on the fringe of the All Blacks, that's the talent yep. that is, is going is being scalped at a rate of knots and being taken overseas on, on big money deals. And I mm. think they're going to start looking at even younger now as well. So it's making sure that that money gets spent um, in, in the right places, um, helping keep those guys... Uh, because those guys are actually the most important because as you know with Super Rugby teams when uh, the All Blacks finish their season they're on an extended break and they normally only come back into Super Rugby franchises a week or two before the first game uh, these other guys that are experienced Super Rugby campaigners are the ones that actually do the bulk of the work in pre-season to upskill all those young athletes so that they're on the right page so that um, they're growing so I think they need to be rewarded and and those guys are the, are the difference in a lot of teams, um, as as you well know, Gaga they, they are the sort of the backbone of a lot of those of a lot of those sides. So if they can have a bit more investment to keep those guys happy, then it keeps our talent pool really healthy as well. But also the grassroots of the game is um, is really struggling. So I I hope that the provincial unions have some um some some pretty uh, tough criteria that they have to spend money in, in the right places so that it develops our game and, and we keep and we keep kids well, we actually mm. want more kids playing our game because it is the numbers are dwindling, um, and we want to make it fun and not just about the, the elite level.
3: Oh mate, you are such a champion. I love it. I love it, Joe. You're so passionate about the game of rugby and it's it's on show today, mate. But we have to we got you on to talk Ram Philly Shield. That was great insights on Silver Lake Steel. What's going to happen? In a minute, you got a minute. What's going to happen this Saturday? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'll tell you what. Firstly, I'm, I'm a bit disappointed. We had a, we had a chat yesterday with, on Sky, and, and I understood that you, Smithy, and Nisbo are calling the game. Now, that is, that is biased if I've ever heard it. Uh, we've got a Wellingtonian <laughs> who's going to be the main caller, and then two way Hawks Bay lads, uh, as expert <laughs> comments and sideline comments. So there's gonna be no no voice of reason, so to speak. I'm neutral, uh, mate. That, that's you're not neutral at all. You're telling me <laughs> well, after after 40 odd, fifty games for the bloody whatever you play, <laughs> born and bred, that you're neutral. Yep, all are neutral. But no, it, uh, yeah. I, think, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be a fantastic um Man for the Shield challenge. Two teams that over the last two years, Dagger have been on the top of their games are set the tone in terms of um, the quality of, of rugby in this competition. Um, we've got a team that is very, very reliant on their mall and their, and their set piece in and, and Hawk State as well as Tasman. They, they both yeah. uh, enjoy that stage of the game, so that's going to be a real battle, but it's actually probably out wide makes those rocket ships, uh, the, young, the young talent that I think Tasman's going to have the edge. Um, and I think it's going to be third time lucky. Unbelievably, the last challenge uh, for Tasman was 2012 and I remember it well, broke my heart, Brodie Barrett scored 30 or 31 points um, and sunk Tasman 49-40 uh, up in uh, New Plymouth. So hopefully it's third time lucky for Teddy. If it is, I'll, uh, I'll be road tripping my way up because I can imagine that it'll be a hell of a doozy uh, over three days. I'll imagine they'll be flying into Christchurch bus trip to Kaikota, have a night with the shield in Kaikota, then up to Blenheim. Night, Get, out night to Blenheim then over. Get out of it. Then over Get out of it. Get out of here, Get Joey. Over
3: the hill Get field. your, That'll be a big Get your little <laughs> finish. I'm going to break your dreams right there. I'm going to break your heart and I'm going to let you go, mate. Thank you so much for joining us. You're very, very good at what you do. Insightful as always. Love your passion. Joey Wheeler, thank you so much.